can make a start this morning uh, singing a hymn, uh, 571. Five hundred and seventy one, and we will uh, stand to sing. be seated. Let us bow our heads in prayer and ask for the Lord's blessing in this morning's service. Let us commend these things to God. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee once again that we are found in Thy midst. Lord, we rejoice once again that we can come not through any merit of our own, but we can come through the merits of Jesus Christ the righteous. And, O oh God, we rejoice at this time that we truly know that Thou would come down and meet with us this morning and to give us special help. For, Lord, we confess unto Thee that what possible blessing could the preacher impart apart from the work of God. So, Lord, we do look unto Thee at this time for help. And, Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would make this time a special time. And, Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would uh, truly save us, uh, save us from the Sunday sickness, uh, from two times on a Sunday, and then go home. Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would truly uh, meet with us here. And, O oh God, how we need, uh, how we need that touch of the Savior, and how we need that fresh vision, the fresh vision of the gospel message. And, O oh God, we pray that even in this time, that, Lord, that Thou dost truly see the time, O oh God, that Thou would uh, bring revival unto Thy church, uh, give us, O Lord, an increase of faith this morning. And O God, we pray that Thou would touch every heart. Lord, may it be, and uh, may it be that not one person would leave this place without confronting the Savior. And uh, may it be, O Lord, that Thou would uh, have everyone here rejoicing uh, in the promises of God. And O Lord, we do uh, stand this morning not with our own emotional experience. Lord, we stand here not with our own opinions, but, Lord, we stand on the promises of God. Let, Lord, we know that Thou has written these things for our learning. And, Lord, that we can uh, take it, uh, take it to heart, that even as the psalmist said, that Thy Word, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. And, Lord, may we see the lamp here this morning. And may we see the lamp, O Lord, guiding us in the way. 
And Lord, we pray that Thou would save everyone uh, from going to the wayside. And, O God, that Thou would uh, meet with us here uh, in a special way. Lord, we also remember the other uh, services going on at this time. We remember uh, Jonathan Echols, Lord, preaching in in the Berry Church. Lord, we pray that Thou would be with him. And, Lord, that Thou would uh, grant him a touch of the Savior. Lord, that Thou would give him a word. Uh, Give him a word from Thee. And, O God, we pray uh, as well for him uh, to minister Thy word here tonight. And, O Lord, we pray that Thou would bring him safely here. And, Lord, that Thou would truly uh, lift up Thy servant uh, here tonight. And, Lord, we also remember those who cannot be here. We think of the shut-ins, Lord, and those who are listening online. Lord, we pray that Thou would bless their hearts. And, O Lord, that Thou would uh, tune them in, uh, tune them in to what God has to say uh, even here uh, this morning. And, O God, we do pray for those who are traveling. Uh, Lord, we think of Mrs. McCarcher this morning. Lord, we pray for journeying mercies with her. And, Lord, we pray that that time would be a blessed time. We think of those who are sick. Uh, Lord, as we know, uh, the the list goes on and on. Uh, But, Lord, we know that Thou art truly uh, the great physician uh, indeed. So, Lord, we also need a touch from Thee. So, Lord, we do ask of Thee at this time that, Lord, we come not offering up strange fire this morning, uh, but we come with the truth. And, O Lord, we, uh, Thou didst say that faith cometh by hearing, uh, hearing the Word of God. So, Lord, we pray that Thou would increase our faith this morning and that everyone can truly leave encouraged uh, knowing that they truly have met uh, with God Himself. So, Lord, be with us, and we ask of all these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Uh, amen. Let us sing another hymn, 243. Two hundred and forty-three, come thou font of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Let us stand to sing the second hymn. Amen. You may be seated. And it's a pleasure to be here once again to bring to you God's Word. And I do pray the Lord will minister to your heart and that you would truly leave here encouraged and knowing that you truly have met uh, with God Himself. If you can please turn and take your Bibles to uh, Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14, and as you're turning there, we will be uh, preaching on the character of Caleb. Uh, So many sermons you can preach on Caleb, for there is so much there, as many uh, would preach a series. 
But I pray that by the Holy Spirit, the Lord will give us light this morning on the preaching of Caleb. Numbers chapter 14, and we will commence our reading at verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses. And what a great thing it is, friend, when it says, and the Lord spake. It's a good thing when the Lord speaks unto His people. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur against me. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in. and They shall know the land which ye have despised, but as for you, Your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. And your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness after the number of the days in which ye search the land, even forty days each day for a year. Shall ye bear your iniquities even forty years. And ye shall know my breach of promise. I, the Lord, have said... I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and they shall die. The men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And those that brought the evil upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men, went to search the land, lived still still. And may the Lord add his blessing to his word, and may the Lord speak unto us this morning concerning the things of his almighty word. And once again, it is a privilege to be here and to bring to you God's word, and I would like to impart to you some morning announcements as we do welcome all to this morning worship service here. And do remember, at 5.50, uh, we do have the pre-service uh, prayer time here, which will be in the basement. And also, uh, 6.30 uh, p.m., uh, Lord willing, we will have our evening service uh, with the speaker of uh, Mr. Jonathan uh, Eccles. And do remember, there will be a time of fellowship uh, after the evening service uh, for those who want to uh, join in uh, on the time of, of fellowship. And do remember also uh, the Wednesday night prayer meeting at 7.30, the Bible study and prayer, and our brother uh, Alex Newell uh, will be taking uh, the prayer time uh, at that time. And do remember also the um, Sunday school seminar, uh, which will be held this Friday at uh, 7 p.m. 
uh, with uh, Reverend Ian Golliger and for all the current staff who, or anyone who feels the inclination uh, to get involved uh, with the Sunday School, you're more than welcome uh, to come, and that will be uh, Friday at uh, 7 uh, p.m. And also remember Friday as well at 7 p.m., the Gym Fellowship uh, for those who are interested. And uh, Lord willing, next Lord's Day, we will welcome uh, our uh, brother, Dr. Saunders, uh, back to bring the word uh, for both services uh, next Lord's Day. So do commend those things to prayer, and we do ask that the Lord will undertake uh, for us here uh, this morning. Uh, please take your hymn books as we will sing our third hymn, uh, 576. Five hundred and seventy-six, above thine own ambitions here, another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee, O leave thine all and follow me. May you stand to sing uh, this third hymn. Amen. You may be seated. And I do appreciate your prayers as well, as the preacher always needs the prayers of the people. And we do commend these things uh, to God this morning. I thank also our brother Larry Saunders, as I do. I look up to him. Well, literally speaking, I have to look up to him because he's about seven feet tall. Uh, but we uh, thank our brother uh, for his uh, patience with myself and his teaching uh, what a great time it has been so far. Uh, so we do ask the Lord uh, that is continual blessing uh, even upon that. Uh, so without further ado, if you can take your Bibles, if you can please, tur uh, please turn to Joshua chapter 14. 
And this is 40 years later. 40 years later, as the spies in numbers, as they went to spy out the land. But now Caleb is reminiscing 40 years later, as the land is to be divided by lot. Joshua 14, and we will commence our reading at verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, and said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And that would be eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, wherefore the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord has said. Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kerjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. And may the Lord add his blessing to his infallible, inspired, and his inherent word. Let us bow our heads and ask for the Lord's blessing upon this morning's service. Our Father and our God, we rejoice once again that we can come boldly to thy throne of grace. Lord, we confess unto thee that what is, arms, what is a man's arm of flesh this morning uh, without God. Lord, what it is to go into a service without the Spirit of God. So, Lord, we ask of thee and invite thee into this meeting here this morning. That, Lord, that now, now, O Lord, as the psalmist said, is the time to work. Now, O God, is the time to let out thy spirit. And, O God, we pray that every heart and every soul will be filled here this morning. Bless those listening online. Now, O Lord, we ask that thou would shut us in with thee, burn off the impurities of the heart, and, Lord, that we may hear what thy word has to say. Be with us. We ask of all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It is no question that our God is a covenant-keeping God, as throughout the years we know very quickly, as we open the first book of beginnings in Genesis, that God has made covenants with man throughout the Scriptures, His Word unto His people. But many people in this modern day follow crowds and evangelical circles, uh, there are many who do not stand on the promises of God, uh, but rather uh, stand on their emotional experience. Or some circumstance, we have 
uh, the uh, prosperity gospel going around, that the more you're blessed with money, well, the more favor you have with God. Well, one simple problem with that, well, what about the poor? And you see here, without a doubt, they get themselves into a jam, a, a jam but many Christians can even, can even fall into the trap of following feelings rather than standing on the promises of God. From age to age, from era to era, our mighty God has made covenants with man and here His people assuring them that He will do exactly what He has promised despite the amount of time. Now Caleb had to wait 40 years to see his inheritance. But friend, it didn't change what God has promised to him. And in his argument, he was able to say to God, Give me this mountain, for it belongs to me. Because it wasn't a blind faith, friend, and many think that it's a blind faith, a leap into the dark. This wasn't a leap into the dark. Friend, faith is not jumping over a cliff and thinking that someone's going to swoop you up from underneath. It's a faith based on the promises of God. There was something in the background that he had faith for. And that was his argument. And friend, what an argument that is this morning. As he goes in here in verse 12, uh, Joshua chapter 14, verse 12, uh, what an argument he has. He's able to say, now therefore, he's able to say that. Now therefore, uh, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake. He's basing upon what God has said in the past. Give me this mountain of the Lord spake in that day. Friend, he's going back to what God has said. He's going back to God's Word. What He promised him. But there seems to be some confusion uh, this morning that some uh, will not stand on the promises of God, that they'll go after the public opinion of the time, uh, they'll go after something else rather than standing on the promises of God. Well, I pray that by the Holy Spirit that we'll have the right teaching here this morning. Because there's a big difference, isn't there? And the promise here, as we see in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 3, God who sought out Abraham, He made a covenant with him that He would make His seed into a great nation. Right off the bat, we see that our God is a covenant-keeping God. Right off the bat, we see that, that God who sought out Abraham and was going to bless his seed, the promise did not fade away over time, but was passed from generation to generation. It didn't fade away. And friend, the promise did not fade away, but was passed from generation to generation. Even the promise that they would possess the promised land, despite the giants of opposition of the time, despite the circumstances of life, God made it very clear as we just read, and the Lord spake. It is worth more than the circumstances of life. Because Caleb never came with strange fire, but all he had was the word that he hid in his heart. And they espied out the land as we go out here. The promise did not fade away. And therefore, uh, he was able to say, Now, wherefore, give me this mountain in verse 12. In this context, Caleb is an old man. But I don't believe you should say an old man. I believe he was 85 years young. Because he wanted to go back out into battle. He felt rejuvenated just like he was in his youth because he knew one thing, that God was for him. And friend, when you figure that out in your life that God is for you, then you'll see the giants of opposition in your life, they begin to shrink. No, friend, there's no more uh, giants of the flesh. There's no more uh, giants of the devil. You see, they begin to shrink because you see that if God be for you, well, who can be against you? That was the song that Caleb was singing. That's the only song he knew how to sing. He didn't know anything else. And in this text, it's hard not to notice the faith of Caleb. Caleb was a character that believed in the promise of God through Moses to claim his inheritance because of his faith and obedience to God. And you got some uh, people preaching this morning that God wants your respect. You got to respect God. You know, you got to treat God with respect. 
God doesn't want your respect, friend. He wants your obedience. God wants you to be faithful like Caleb. He wants you to leave this place able to claim the promises. He wants you to leave this place able to claim eternal life as it was promised to the believer. Friend, he's showing his great courage in Joshua 14, verse 7, as it states, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of God, of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in mine heart, when he brought the good report. He brought the good report. That was God's man for the time. He brought the good report, but what happened is the people, they murmured against him. As they begin to see the giants in the land, they began to live by sight. But not Caleb. Not Caleb. His courage is seen when he spoke courageously with his report after he was sent as a spy to scope out the land of Canaan. In Numbers 13, he states, For we are well able, for we are well able to overcome it. Oh, friend, that's living by faith. Despite the giants of the land, it took great courage for him to report a good report. And what a great uh, encouragement that is to know in our time. It takes courage to bring a good report. When things aren't going well, it takes courage uh, to bring a good report that people might not want to hear it, but it's a great thing. Because, friend, I would know that that those that are not saved, I would want someone to come to me and to point me in the right direction. I would want someone with me and to sit down with me the gospel and to point me in the right direction. I would want someone to give me the good report. But not always so, friend. As the murmurings go against what God has to say, and therefore it was the wandering in the wilderness for them because they failed to see what God was doing. And here I have three major points I want to bring to your attention. The first one here is Caleb's great faith by wholly following the Lord. Caleb followed the Lord with a sincere heart. Uh, Caleb uh, was not a hypocrite, but he truly practiced uh, what he preached without compromise by following the Lord, without dispute. He believed with a sincere heart when he gave his good reports. He truly believed that these enemies of the land were as of bread. Like as if he was saying that we could eat them for breakfast, as you would say, we can eat them. He truly believed that. If God said it, I believe it. Caleb sincerely believed God, not just mere with profession of mouth, not with mere his emotional experience. But he believed with a sincere heart and noticed the words in Joshua 14, verse 7, as it states, as it was in mine heart. He was touched of the Savior. And as we read in Numbers, as the Lord said that my servant Caleb, who had a different spirit with him, he was different, you see. He was different that those that brought the evil report, he was different. He came with a report from God, despite the public opinion of his time, despite all things, he came with a report to honor the Lord because he knew what God was able to do. Friend, it states here, as it was in my own heart, this expression shows the great sincerity of heart. Are you walking with the Lord with sincerity of heart? Because many profess with the mouth, they profess uh, to be Christian and to follow the Lord, but yet they're very far from God. It's an important thing to practice what you preach as others may look at you and you may be the only Bible that people may ever see by your actions. Are you coming to church on a Sunday? Is it not that a great testimony in itself when a neighbor looks at the other neighbor while he's going to church on a Sunday? Sometimes you don't even have to say a word. Caleb led by example. Caleb followed the Lord by trusting in God's promise. We see the expression here being used, the Lord spake. 
He's going back to God's Word, and he's saying unto them, when he's arguing for the mountain Hebron, he says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, he's going back to God's Word, to say that it belongs to me. Is it emotional experience or is it God's Word? And you see, friend, we see the expression being used, and the Lord spake. Anytime you see that in the Scriptures, may your ears perk up. The first time we see this uniting Joshua with himself as a recipient of the promise, thou knowest the thing the Lord said concerning me and thee. But the other four times, Caleb claims the promise of God to himself. Friend, you must leave this place this morning claiming the promise of God to yourself. No, God's not interested in you following the crowd. He's not interested in what organization you're in, but He's interested in you as individuals. That's what Caleb was. And he was able to say, because I wholly followed the Lord. as an individual. Dear friend, if you're a Christian, then the covenant promise belongs to you. Does it not? If you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're blood-bought, the covenant promise belongs to you because you are the seed of Abraham. I will be their God and they will be my people. It doesn't fade away over time. It's a refreshment to the soul that God is still speaking today. Is there not people being called today? Men and women being called to the mission field, and men being called to preach, as Sunday school teachers, there's still an advancement of the gospel. The Lord is still working. When Moses passed away, it didn't stop. There was Joshua there, ready to take the lead. When Joshua went, there was another Joshua, and there's going to be another Caleb. You see how God works. There's going to be another one never stopped. And friend, when you just understand that here this morning, it never stops, you see, with God, because his plan is a perfect plan, and Caleb did not always have it easy. A friend, his life was very hard. As a matter of fact, he always had the circumstances of life against him. Much death did he see in the wanderings of the wilderness, a, a dead bag after body bag after body bag, as you can say, that they were dropping like flies. Because of their disbelief and their disobedience to God. Friend, on one hand, you have faith and obedience to God always leads to victory, and then you have disbelief and unbelief always leads to destruction from Genesis to Revelation. It's the same outcome. Friend, it's the same outcome in our time, isn't it? That unbelief and disobedience to God will always lead to destruction. And friend, maybe you're caught in the wilderness here this morning. Maybe that's you. Maybe you can relate because if you look out there uh, to the world, that's the wilderness out there. I want to know this morning, what direction does the world have? run in circle and circle and circle, just like the wanderings of the people. They had no direction and God taught them a lesson. He says, without me, there is no direction. What did God say in His Word? That man shall not live by bread alone. By His words. There's the direction, friend. And friend, we know that almost a whole generation perished because they failed to follow God. They went in their own strength. And that's what happens. And one thing that Caleb, he would want you to know here this morning is that it wasn't him it wasn't him. It had nothing to do with Caleb. He wasn't some supernatural character, but it was something that he said many times, because I wholly followed the Lord. He wants you to know that. What does it mean to be a sellout for God? What does it mean to see the giants of your life and to say it's as of bread? Well, it takes faith. Maybe you've come into this place, you have no faith at all. Well, that's why it makes sense. It makes perfect sense that why the malls are jam-packed on a Sunday morning. It makes sense that why no one wants to come to the place of worship. It makes sense that there's 101 things to do on a Sunday morning. It makes perfect sense. Because it's not manufactured faith. 
It takes a touch of the Savior, you see. No man can work himself up. It takes God to intervene in a person's life to bring you here. His life was very hard. I want you to know that. But he had God for him. It's one thing in this life when you see the technological advancement of the time and you see the military superpowers of our time and you see the weapons of mass destruction and you see they have unlimited resources and you see they have the masterminds on the, on the strategized table and they're all seeing the next move. It's one thing to have that. But it's another thing, friend, to have God for you. That's what it's stressing here. It's another thing to have God for you. Years ago in Numbers 14, when the people rebelled against God and wanted to return to Egypt, as stated in Numbers 14, verse 4, and they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. There's your unbelief. You see what happens, friend, when your unbelief sets in. What a dangerous thing. You want to go back. When you begin to fade away from the promises of God, you want to go back. It's a dangerous thing, unbelief, friend. That's what happens, you see, when unbelief sets in. What a danger it is, friend, when unbelief begins to creep in the soul. But it was again Caleb, through his belief and faith and obedience to God, when he said, Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, is completely contrary. What we're doing this morning is completely contrary to the world standard, isn't it? It's contrary to the bandwagon of public opinion. It's contrary to the emotional experience of the time. It doesn't make sense. Friend, it's the promise of God. And you see here, you begin to see victory uh, through age to age. There has never been a defeat for those that have trusted in God. And here as it goes up, he begins to say, look what happens when the people of Israel, they go in their own strength and they push God aside. In Numbers 14, verse 42, I'll read it to you. Go not up. Here's the warning. Here's the warning for you, friend, if you're not saved this morning, to go back into the wilderness and to think you're going to find some sort of direction. Who are you following this morning? Are you following God? Or are you following some other way? Maybe some other opinion? Notice what it says, Numbers 14, verse 42. Go not up, the word of warning, for the Lord is not among you. For the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. And that's what happened. A whole generation perished to show them what they could accomplish in their own arm of flesh. It goes on to read, For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. Amen. But they presumed to go up into the hilltop when they pushed God aside and they thought they can do it in their own strength. Here it goes on to say, but they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then, it says, then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in the hill and smote them. Disobedience and unbelief always leads to defeat. That's not the, is, that, is that not the teaching here this morning? It is always utter and total defeat for the people when they go in their own strength. So how much more than should the people of God trust in the promises of God and say like Caleb, I wholly followed the Lord. We are living in a time that many... Believers have lost faith in the promises of God due to the circumstances of life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've come into this place and something has happened and it just demolished your Christian life and it's, it makes you want to turn back and something must have happened. But friend, the promises must be renewed to your soul. Because that's unbelief. 
and the circumstances of life would cause those to go away from their faith. Well, do you have giants of opposition in your life? We all do. We all have giants of opposition in our life. Uh, Caleb did. As a matter of fact, he had many. He had the Amalekites, the Anakims, which were literal giants of the land, as they called them, but grasshoppers in their sight. But he calls them his bread because he looked not through his own strength, but knew God was with him. There's the trend. Are you trusting in the promises of God here this morning? Can you claim your promise of God in your own heart? Can you claim to God, give me this mountain? It took faith to say that. Friend, we must spend time with, with his statement there because that's not an easy thing to say. He says, I want that one. The one with the giants, I want that one. It takes faith. When others have turned around and they've gone the other way, here is a man saying it's as of bread. He knew God was with him. Can you claim eternal life? We know the famous passage in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God, you'll never see hell. You'll never see torment. It can't happen. Can't happen because God has promised it. You see here Caleb's help and preservation by God, that Caleb's strength is came from the Lord. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 10, we see the words, Behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. It's the Lord that preserved him. Though those were uh, dropping by the wayside, those that were uh, dying because of their unbelief, here is a man of Caleb. He's being preserved by the hand of God. When we look at Caleb and learn from his great faith, it must not be forgotten that God Almighty had his hand upon him. And as I mentioned before, it's one thing to have the resources of life, to have the technological advancements, but it's another thing to have God for you. And that's what he's, uh, he's, he's stressing here. Why was Caleb's life preserved? Because of God's almighty hand upon him. The others died because of their sin and unbelief. But because of the prevailing grace of God, in Caleb's life he was preserved. Caleb knew the grace of God. He knew it very well. And remember that great verse in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, By the grace of God I am what I am. In our Christian lives, we ought to continually praise God for His hand upon us. And everything we owe is to our Lord. Caleb owed it all to God. Not once does he praise himself. But he owed it all unto the Lord. His continual hand, you see, was upon him. Caleb knew that very well. Just as the hymn writer, he puts it very well. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it the white as snow. All to him I owe. And friend, what a truth that is, because Caleb's patience was by God's word, giving God the glory. Here it is in Joshua 14, verse 10. We see the words, these 40 and 5 years, as he reminisces. These forty and five years, Caleb, by wholly following the Lord, remained faithful despite the amount of time it took. So shall the people of God remain faithful until the Lord comes. For no man knows the time or the hour, but we are, as the Bible commends us to be, faithful until He comes. That's the means of grace. That's why we do the Lord's Supper. That's a means of grace. Take this until I come. The preaching of God's Word, that's the means of grace. That's what God has ordained. And you see here, as believers, we must have patience and wait upon God to fulfill His promises, as Caleb did. And here, remember when Christ, He came on this earth, he was already preaching of his second coming. While he was walking the earth, he was already preaching, I'm coming again. No one knows the time or the hour, but we trust that there is a time that he is going to come again despite the length of time. 
and Caleb's faith rewarded. Notice the call. Notice the call to follow God. How it was for the disciples when Jesus confronted the disciples and he said, come, he said, come, and I will make you fishers of men. That's the irresistible call, isn't it? That's following God. The disciples, they put down what they were doing and they followed God, but it wasn't in their own flesh. It was a call of God, God intervening in their lives. And here it's the same thing when Caleb is saying that I wholly followed the Lord, as we read firstly. Caleb had a different spirit. The Lord made it very clear. This man was a different man. He's not like the others that were murmuring. This man, he took God's word and he hid it in his heart. And friend, we know as the uh, a Swiss reformer, Ehrlich Zwingli, uh, when he died in battle, we said there's a monument even today you can go look as a pictorial of him. He has the sword in one hand and he has the Bible in another hand. Oh friend, he hid the word in his heart. So much so that when he died in battle, the predecessor came, a John Calvin. And we're all familiar with the great theologian that John Calvin was. You see, he sparked another generation, the same thing that Caleb did, because his faith was so great, it sparked another generation. It sparked more to see that this man, he was a man of great faith, and therefore God blessed him. You see, we notice the words in Caleb in Joshua 14, verse 12, Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, he hid the word in his heart. This hill of Judah where Hebron was inhabited by the giants called the Anakims, literal giants, that dwelt in this location. But with Caleb's confidence and faith in the Lord, is so be the Lord, be with me. That's what he's saying here. Is so be the Lord will be with me. If the Lord is going to be with me, then we will have the victory. At 85 years young, He wants to go back into battle because he knew what it was to have God for him. He without a doubt knew the presence of God with him, having absolutely no dependency upon the arm of flesh, but it says wholly following the Lord. He was a sellout to God. Even unto his reward and Caleb's expectation to be given the land by his confidence and faith in God. It belongs to me. And here we go on to see, as it reads here, I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Again, going back to God's word, what great confidence that Caleb had in the Lord to drive out the giants of the land out of their cities, of the mountains, wherever they occupied, showing his great claim in the promise. His confidence in God to give him the victory. Friend, You have giants of opposition in your life. You have the giant of the flesh, a fight against the flesh. You have the fight against the devil, another giant of opposition. The church has giants of opposition. Well, friend, what are these things compared to God? What are these things compared to God, the giants in your life? If God be for you, then who can be against you? The Bible's asking a question. If you have God for you, then who can be against you? And what's the answer to that? No one. That's what it's trying to follow you, saying if you have the Lord of heaven, a host, the great creator of heaven and the earth, then who can be against you? That's the song that Caleb was singing. He knew that very well. He knew it from all the victories. And friend, do you, Christian, have any great enemies in your life? Maybe it's the giant of despair that keeps you sorrowful from full and oppression. Maybe it's some giant sin that has kept you down. But remember, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Remember that. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. You are able, just like Caleb, to defeat the giants of your life if you start living by faith and not by sight. 
The simple message. Those that live by sight and they live by unbelief and their own direction, they perished. But here is a man that took God's word and through his faith and obedience to God, he got the victory. And God was pleased to give him that mountain. He was pleased to give it to him. Are you able, just like Caleb, to defeat the giants of your life and by the grace of God, those promises belong to you? So why fret? You claim your promise here this morning. Don't leave this place without claiming your promise to God. Don't leave this place without a sorrowful mind. That's not God's will for you. But it's God's will for you to be like Caleb and to claim the inheritance. Friend, you too can say, is so the Lord be with me. Because it's always a call to live by faith and not by sight. All in all, disobedience and unbelief always leads to destruction, but faith and obedience to God always leads to victory. And in our conclusion here this morning, it is without a doubt, it is without a doubt that Caleb was blessed greatly because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Many times is it brought up. Hebron was a symbol of fellowship or communion and in the spiritual sense was a desirable place for the people of God and just like Hebron was for Caleb. But Caleb built his life not upon his emotional experience or what he had to do, but he built it upon God's almighty word. And the Lord spake as he went back to God's word to say that this mountain belongs to me. And despite the circumstances of his life and all that he saw towards the rebellion of the people in the wilderness, he kept going forward. He kept going forward knowing that God was with him despite the public opinion of his time, despite the murmurings of the people and all the bad reports. He knew that God was with him. Five times in Caleb's speech do we see him refer to the word which the Lord spake. And may the Lord speak to you this morning concerning his words. Because it's an eternal word. Because it's a truthful word. Because it comes not from man, but it comes from God himself. The teaching of the Holy Ghost here this morning can show us that the word of promise to Caleb, it dealt with two major things. His life preserved, literally saved, because he followed God. Didn't perish. And the second thing, his life preserved and his possession of the land as it states, whereunto he went. He got it. He got the mountain in the end. Whereunto he went in Numbers 14, verse 24, uh, 45 years of hard going, 45 years of bad circumstances, 45 years of great struggle. Here, he hid the word in his heart during all that time, knowing that sometime, some place, some hour, the Lord will come down. And you see here, Caleb grasping to God's word with all his might, which he kept his word hid in his heart. A great example of persistent faith. May God give us more Caleb's today to bring down the giants of our life. Could you imagine a church filled with Caleb's? What advancement of the gospel could happen? What advancement, what ground could be taken from the faith like Caleb? Because the Lord said it is impossible to please God without faith. Maybe you are like those who are wandering in the wilderness without direction. Remember as we close, friend, remember many perished. Many perished in the wilderness. It was utter destruction for them. Same will it be for those out there without any direction. Same will it be for those that reject Christ. They reject the Son of God. Same will it be for the blasphemers, for the adulterers and all those who reject Christ. Same will it be for them, utter and complete failure. 
But friend, may it be a word of warning as Moses gave the word of warning to those who were going to go in their own arm of flesh to go and try to take the land. You can't do it. You can't do it by your own flesh. That's the word of warning. You need God if you pray to God, Lord, increase my faith here this morning. He'll answer the prayer. If you are weary from the wanderings of this life, maybe you're listening online. You're battered by the world. The Lord sees, I don't know. But I tell you, if you've come to this place weary, if you come to this place weary with the wanderings of this life, then I bid you to come with all my heart and soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. I bid you to come to His own words as He promised, as the Lord Jesus has promised Himself, Come unto me, all ye that are laden, labor and are heavy laden, and I, and I, say the Lord, will give you rest. May the Lord bless his message to our hearts, and may we end, may we end with that great hymn, as the hymn writer says, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, he's calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. O sinner, come home. Let us sing the final hymn.
please remain standing for closing prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee once again, O Lord, for Thy Word, for Thy means of grace, that through the preaching of Thy Word that Thou hast ordained. Lord, we pray that we can leave with Thy Word here this morning with Thy blessing. Lord, we pray like Jacob as we dare not let Thee go until Thou dost bless us. And O God, we thank Thee for Thy Word, and Lord, we praise for an increase of faith. Uh, just like Caleb came to his inheritance, and Lord, we pray that if so be the Lord, uh, be with us here this morning. Depart us with thy blessing. Be with everyone here. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.